Hello, Team Adulam. I hope you guys are doing great. I'm blessed, not stressed. Uh, happy voting week for those who are in Kenya. Uh, we pray and we're praying. We're praying that it will be a peaceful process, that everything will be tip top. I hear you guys are really freezing in Kenya. I can't relate. Still here in Kampala, nice and warm. Sweaty palms, so it's, it's, it's super dope. Anyway, um, just excited, obviously, always to be able to come and deliver God's word to you today. And um, again, we are still on the series, Walking with God. And in this series, what we're doing is that we're studying the book of John, and now we're in John chapter 11. Ten more chapters to go. Ten more. <laughs> we ain't going to stop. We're going to study the word of God this year. I'm telling you, it's such a blessing. And uh, today we're going to be looking at John chapter 11, uh, which is a very famous and popular story. of this. It's actually the story of Lazarus, the one who uh, died and Jesus brought back to life. And uh, as is our normal custom, I would ask that at this point in time that you would uh, pause this video, that you would then go and read John chapter 11. And having read John chapter 11, that then you will come back and then continue to watch the video. So please don't continue to watch this video until you have read John chapter 11. So please proceed and watch John chapter 11. I mean, watch, read, go and read uh, John chapter 11. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Now, um, if you've been obviously keeping along with this series, you recognize that even after reading these stories, you know, um, we all know about the fierce opposition that Jesus faced on account of the Pharisees and the fact that they were completely against him. And this is the religious people uh, who uh, that that were fiercely opposed to Jesus. And um, the, 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 we've seen this throughout the whole narrative about Jesus Christ is, is just how these guys fiercely opposed him. Now, if these guys were mad at him for opening up the eyes of a blind person, you can imagine how angry they were that this guy has just raised some people, someone from, from the dead. I mean, this was, this was now obviously a bit much for them. They were like, eh, my guy, this is now becoming a bit much, right? What can we do to stop him? I think this was probably the thing that was the final straw where they realized this guy is the real deal. Now, the thing that I want us to be able to immerse ourselves in today is, is especially in regards to this portion of scripture, is, um, you know, there are many times when we study the word of God where we, in a sense, because we know how the story ends, we don't necessarily then get to really fully appreciate um, what these individuals were going through before the miracle. Um, and, and this is one of those those situations. You know, one of the things that, you know, I recall, especially especially from the story of Joseph in the Old Testament is in Genesis, is that, um, you know, when I many times read that story because I knew how the story ended, that he's going to become prime minister and he's going to be great, that, that then what would happen is, is that you're always reading the story in the context of that breakthrough, knowing that the, the goodness is coming. Um, but it wasn't until, uh, I think it was, yes, it was 2020, 2020, around October, I think it was September, October, where I was reading the story of Joseph. And one of the things that stood out to me was, you know, there's the part where there's the baker and the wine person who, who have been sent into prison. And, 
and one of them is restored back, the, the cupbearer, and, and the baker is, is killed. But uh, Joseph had prophesied to these guys, and he says to one of these guys, the one who was going to be restored back, that, you know, when you go to Pharaoh, please, man, remember me, you know, and, and tell Pharaoh that I'm not supposed to be here. And I always imagine how, for Joseph, how that moment must have felt for him, to be like, man, you know, it's time for my breakthrough, you know, like my time has come. And then in the scripture it says, after it gives that story, literally the very next chapter, it's the very beginning lines are, after two full years. And I remember when I saw that, uh, I saw that story at a time when I felt like I was in a prison. And I remember at the time when I read those words and, and thinking to myself, actually I felt God asking me that, Thimba, if I kept you in this situation for two years, would you still serve me? And I remember just how difficult it was for me to even just process being in that situation for, for two weeks, let alone two years. Um, and I, you know, I sat with it and I could not, I could not process and, uh, what, what God was asking me. And, 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 you know, the thing about that is that that immersed me so intimately into the story of Joseph that I was just like, man, this guy was in, we don't know how long he was in that prison, but from that moment of the hope of, I'm about to get out of here. And it says after two full years, that really kind of hit me really hard, you know? And, you know, when I look at this story, that we, in this story of, uh, of Lazarus, you know, I think that is pretty much the same way I feel about this story, you know, that, you know, when you look at this story, this is a story of a family, a close-knit family that loved Jesus and Jesus loved them back, right? That Jesus loved them back. They believed in him and he loved them, right? When Jesus would be around, would be in, the, in their area, he would go and, and, and break bread with them. And so this was a family that he loved and they loved him back, right? This was no just kind of like, you know, people on the street, you know, wanting a miracle. These were people that Jesus knew and they knew, they knew Jesus and Jesus knew them and they loved one another, right? And so when Mary and Martha sent this SOS to Jesus, who at the time was only about a day's journey away, where they send him a message and it says, and they say in this message, Lord, the one you love is sick. Listen to those words. The one you love is sick. And it says that when Jesus received this message, he says, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And so the thing is, is that what Jesus does is that he reveals the purpose of why everything and why all this is happening. He says that the purpose of what's happening to Lazarus, it is that it is for God's glory, right? But here's the thing. Jesus doesn't send back word to Mary and Martha. And in fact, instead it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Now think about that. 
Mary and Martha have sent out an SOS to the one that they love and the one who loves them back. An SOS of the person who they know can, can heal Lazarus and, and prevent him from the, uh, undergoing the torment that he's currently going under and preserve his life. And they send out this SOS. And when they send this SOS out, Jesus, it says, decides to stay where he was two more days in this dire situation that these guys are in. He decides to stay two more days. And, you know, it was long enough for him to stay that Lazarus dies. And by the time Jesus was arriving at the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he had been dead for four days. Four days. And you know, the thing is, is that I really need you to immerse yourself into this situation without really fully, completely thinking about the resurrection or the, 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 the fact that he's resurrected at some point. That I want you to immerse yourself in the situation as is, as it's unfolding, as it's happening. Because I can imagine what it must have been like for Mary and Martha. Where there's Jesus who isn't that far off. He's only but about a day's journey away. And I'm sure those who came to bring the message already, by the time they're coming back, they're like, yeah, yeah, we told Jesus he should be on his way anytime soon. He's not even that far off. Right? Only a day's journey away. And I wonder, and I want us to imagine ourselves, can you imagine what it must have been like for Mary and Martha at that moment as their brother got sicker and sicker and every single moment looking into the horizon, going outside and and looking and wondering, where is Jesus? When is he going to be here? A day goes by. Anytime now, I'm sure the one who loves us is coming. Another day goes by. And on that day, he dies. Another day goes by. Another day goes by. And after four days, meaning that they have already buried this guy, Meaning that he didn't even show up like the little girl where she was, she had just died. And they hadn't even put her in, they hadn't laid her to rest. Now at this point in time, by the time Jesus is showing up, the funeral is over. The homie has been put to rest, he's inside his tomb. And when I look at this story, I imagine and I wonder, what it must have been like for Mary and Martha. I mean, I wonder if they thought to themselves, what could possibly be more important than this? How is it that he isn't here in our greatest time of need? I thought he loved us. I thought he loved Lazarus. I know he's busy, but where is he? And when he rocks up four days later. I, I can imagine what it must have been like for Mary and Martha. The torment, the anguish, the sense of betrayal. And the thing is, is that when Jesus arrives, Martha's first words to him are the same words that Mary says to him. The first words that Mary says to him, the same words, first words that Martha says to him. Lord, she says, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The exact same words that Mary says to him. Lord, if you had been here, 
our brother would not have died. And it shows that they were waiting for him and that they were deeply saddened that he had not arrived earlier. That he had not arrived earlier. And the thing is, is that, you know, anyone who has experienced grief would know of this stage, you know, the stage where you ask yourself, what could I have done to stop this from happening? What could have happened? What could we have done to stop this from happening? And this is where Mary and Martha are. If you had just been here, this would not have happened. We would not be here. We would not be in this situation if you had shown up. And not only was Mary and Martha wondering about where Jesus' whereabouts were during this whole time, even the people that were around Mary and Martha wondered the same thing. Where they even say here, it says in the scripture, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying. I want you to immerse yourself in this moment that you remove yourself from the knowledge of Lazarus' resurrection and place yourself in this moment, a devastating moment where for all intents and purposes, Jesus is late. And you know, at this point, I wonder, as you're listening to me speaking, how many of you have felt this way? Or how many of you are currently feeling this way? You know how people say that God's timing is perfect and you're there being like, perfect, bro, I think you're late. <laughs> I want you to immerse yourself and connect with what's happening in this story. Now, something remarkable happens. It says, uh, you know, and, and by remarkable, I'm not even talking about the resurrection, you know. Um, you'll be very surprised that there's going to be little focus on the resurrection in this sermon. But I'm talking about the part between verse 32 and verse 37, and allow me to read it where it says, When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And it says, the shortest portion of scripture, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Where was he? Now, I want you to understand that from the onset, that from the onset of this story, we are told that Jesus knew that Lazarus would die and that he would resurrect him. That this was the full knowledge and the purpose of why Jesus delayed is because he knew exactly what he was going to do. He knew exactly what he was about to do. He knew that he was going to resurrect Lazarus. He knew it. And he said it before he even arrived on the scene, right? And the thing is this, in as much as Jesus knew what the plan was, the people did not know what the plan was, but Jesus knew what the plan was. He knew long before he arrived that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And yet, still, knowing all this, when he saw Mary and Martha and her friends weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And it says that he too wept. Think about that. 
that Jesus, knowing what he was just about to do, and yet still, it says, that when he saw their pain, and when he saw their hurt, he was deeply moved in spirit, and that he too wept with them. To the extent that the people said, man, see how he loved him. Jesus wept. Friends, I want to take you back to the beginning of this story. Where in the beginning of this story, it says that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are described as the, one, as the ones whom Jesus loved. Think about that. That for the ones whom he loved, that this was the journey that they had to walk through so that God's glory would be revealed. That this whole experience was not on account of a lack of Jesus' love towards them. That this was the path and the journey towards God's glory being revealed and many coming to faith in Jesus. You know, the thing that's interesting is that when we connect this whole idea of the fact that Jesus wept, you know, one of the things that you realize is that as you read the, 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 the scriptures, especially the gospels, is that you know and realize that Jesus knew exactly the destination that he was headed. And he knew that where he was headed was through the cross. He knew and he talked about it many times with his disciples that he was going to die, that he was going to suffer and die. He was going to suffer and die. And that they, um, after three days, he would be raised up. So he knew exactly what the plan was. He knew the template and he knew exactly how it would happen. Similar to this, he knew that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead. But here's the thing. Yet still, though he knew he was going to die on the cross and resurrect, it says that in the Garden of Gethsemane that he went and he was weeping and he was literally sweating blood. And it says of him, that Jesus asked his father if there was another way out, if there was another way to do this. Think about that. He already knew what he was about to experience and he's no, he had known it all along. And it just so happens that at the Garden of Gethsemane, it was the, the gravity of what he was about to experience was overbearing over him to the extent that he asked his father if there was another way out. Yet he knew where, he had known all along where he was headed. And so when Jesus wept, it is because in as much as he knew what he was going to do, he understood how incredibly difficult what Mary, Martha, and all those that loved Lazarus were going through. That even on that same day at the Garden of Gethsemane, knowing all along what he was about to go through, it did not change how difficult it was. The agony of it. And it's the same thing here. He understood the agony of what they were going through. And he wept with them. In spite of the fact that he knew that he was just about to resurrect Lazarus, he was identifying and he resonated with them. 
And the thing is this, is that I want today for you to re realize and recognize that he wept that because in spite of the outcome, he knew that this is hard. In spite of the outcome, he knew that this was not easy. Friends, today I want to talk to the one Jesus loves. The one who, like Mary and Martha, is wondering, where are you, Jesus? Have you forgotten me? Today I want to talk to the person that is staring at the dead things in their lives, wondering, can any good ever come out of this? Today I want to talk to the people for whom the journey that they have been on has been incredibly difficult. And today I want to encourage you with these words that in spite of what it looks like, in spite of the journey that you have endured, you are the one that Jesus loves. You are the one that Jesus loves in spite of where it is you are right now. In spite of what you've had to endure, you are the one that Jesus loves. And the thing is this, is that whatever it is that you're going through or have been through, I want you to understand that this Savior resonates with it. That in as much as the outcome is one that he is planning for glory, he recognizes that still it is not easy to endure that path. Jesus here shows us through this story that still, even in this situation, like he said in the very beginning, that this situation is not for, 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 for death. It is actually a situation that will reveal the glory of God. And Mary and Martha at this point in time, as they are going through this, they obviously have no clue about what Jesus is about to do. They are in the pain of the situation. But the thing that happens is this, is that in this situation, God's glory is revealed and many come to the knowledge and to faith in Jesus Christ on account of this situation. You know, friends, the thing that I need you to realize is that there are many times where being a vessel for God and being used by God sometimes will take us through very difficult situations. It will take us through unfamiliar territory, the valley of the shadow of death, that there are sometimes, and actually, in my opinion, there, there are many times for, for us where we will go through difficult situations so that God's glory may be revealed in and through us. That there are sometimes where you being a witness is because you have had to endure a difficult situation, and that is what brings many to the knowledge brings many to faith in Jesus Christ through your situation. You know, I think about many times how for Mary and Martha, like how it must have been so difficult, but I think a lot about someone like Paul who 
had to endure so many difficult situations. Like when you read his story and you look at all the different situations that he had to go through, where there are a number of his letters that he wrote when he's still in prison. While in prison, while in difficult situations, he's there writing these letters. And sometimes I think and I wonder to myself, I wonder if Paul could ever have fathered that centuries upon centuries later, that billions upon billions of people would read his letters as scripture. That the letters that he wrote in some of the most difficult situations of his life would be letters that have encouraged us in our faith for centuries. And that there are billions upon billions of people that when he finally arises from his slumber on that day of judgment and he looks and he's told about the harvest that, he's, that he had because of what he had to go through and because of his faith that these are all the people that came to the knowledge of Christ's saving grace on account of the things that he did. Can you imagine how? I always think about that. I was just like, man, this guy, his mind would probably be like completely blown away when he's just there. Like, you're trying to tell me all these people were reading my letters as scripture. Getting to understand Jesus Christ and coming to faith in him. But then you look at all the things that he had to endure. All the troubles that he had to go through. And all this was for God's glory. Jesus wept knowing what he was about to do. And I want you to understand that in the situation, whatever it is, or whatever situation you've had to endure, that Jesus is with you. And that you, in that situation, are the one he loves. That in the same way that he was the one that loved Martha and Mary, through that difficult situation that he knew what the outcome was. He knew that this was for the glory of God. He knew that many would come to faith in him on account of this situation. And he was there as one who loved them through that situation. You know, there are many times I've had to sit down and think about, for example, for me, what I've had to endure over the last three or so years um, since the pandemic of what I've had to endure and during that same season of such great difficulty in my life that in that same season in that same moment of just crushing where there are many times where <laughs> so many times where I would come and, 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 and be here encouraging you guys but in, I myself going through the most difficult of situations in deep despair, yet here encouraging God's people. There was times where I remember one time, um, literally after recording, I go to the office, and in the office I meet with some guys who had been sent to come and uh, take my car because I had missed, uh, I'd missed, I think I've got a few payments in regards to, you know, I was in a difficult financial situation and they'd come come from preaching a powerful message only to go and meet some guys who are ready to take to take my car and go and auction it. You know, I think about all those things. I think about those moments 
always think to myself how all those situations, all those things that having to go through all those things simply because you're a vessel that I can come here and tell you first and foremost they didn't manage to take the car they never did to come and tell you that God is with you that God loves you that God is there and that God walks with you through the most difficult of situations and journeys I think about the amount of peace that surpasses understanding that I got to experience through those situations that I can come and tell you here that no matter what it is that you're going through that God is able to give you a peace that will anchor you. A peace like you've never experienced before, that you've never known before, that will anchor you, that will let you know that He is with you. I think about all those things that I've had to endure and to realize that this is a part of my testimony that allows me to be able to go and to even come here and to tell you that this God for whom I speak about is real. And not only is He real, but He loves us. And he helps us in our time of need. All these things for God's glory. All these things that have allowed many who probably watch and listen to come to faith in Jesus Christ because of the things that I've had to endure. Because of the painful situations that I've had to go through that God may be glorified. This is what's happening here in this situation. I probably would never have started this ministry. At the time when I started this ministry, I was in debt, distress, and discontent. I was in the cave of Adulam, literally. But here we are now. All for God's glory. That God may be glorified. And that many, through my life, will be able to come to faith in Jesus Christ. And the thing that is even more exciting about what we see in this story, that this was not just a situation that, would, that glorified God and that led many to faith in Christ, but it also led to great and insurmountable joy in Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. A deeper devotion where even when you look at the next chapter, where you see Mary coming to pour this alabaster oil and worshipping Jesus with such great devotion because of what he had done in her life. Friends, what I want you to understand today is that difficult situations are not an indication that God has abandoned you. That you are the one he loves. And I remember when we were younger, Many of us, uh, some of my friends who watch this will know, when we used to be there so young, when we were so in love with God, and we used to say to him, Lord, would you use us for your glory? Would you use us to have an impact in this generation? Would you use us to draw people to you? I remember when we were so young, praying those prayers with such great you know, energy, not realizing what that meant. That it also meant that God would take us through difficult situations so that we could be a witness. So that we could be that testimony. So that we could be that vessel that he would reveal his glory through. That we would be those that can come and say, truly, our God is faithful. Not because we know it logically, but because we have experienced it. And we are able to come with conviction and say, that what he has done for me, he will do for you. 
Friends, we all know how this story of Lazarus ends. God is glorified. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are overjoyed. And through this painful ordeal, we are told that many come to believe in Jesus Christ. What is true for them will be true for us. And what we need to do is to believe, especially when we are in the situation that Mary and Martha are in, that we need to believe that no matter what, no matter what situation you are in, that we will see God's glory revealed through us. No matter what. That all this ends with God being glorified. Us being joyful and many coming to know and believe in Jesus Christ on account of what God will have done in our lives. Amen. Amen. 2 Timothy 2 from verse 3 to 10 says this, and this is Paul speaking to Timothy. He says, Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them, and athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hard-working farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Think about what I'm saying. The Lord will help you understand all these things. Always remember that Jesus Christ, a descendant of King David, was raised from the dead. This is the good news I preach. And because I preach this good news, I am suffering and have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. This was true for Paul's life. We know this. And not just true, but exceedingly true. Because all of us literally read these letters as scripture. That the things he endured have led to so many coming to faith in Christ Jesus. And it would be no different for us. That whatever situation, whatever it is, whatever journey or path or season that God has set you on, I need you to believe and understand that all this ends in God being glorified. In you finding exceedingly great joy and many coming to believe in Jesus Christ. You will be and are his witness. And this is not where the story ends. It never ends in that place of just suffering. God will be glorified one way or another. And so I just wanted to encourage you with that message today for you to understand that you are in whatever situation you're in, the one whom he loves. And he will be glorified in your life. Amen? Amen. As always, for anyone who's listening, I want to give you this opportunity um, to be able to
come to faith in Christ Jesus, the one who holds us and who's with us and who loves us and who uses us for his glory and for our joy, that allows our lives to be purposeful and meaningful, that if you are interested and wanting to know this Jesus Christ that I speak of, who will completely transform your life and cause it to be incredibly purposeful and impactful, I want you to make a decision today to come to faith in him. And if you are interested in being able to do that, to come into God's family, I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to say these words with me. That Lord Jesus, I thank you that you forgive my sins. I thank you that you died on the cross for me. I accept your forgiveness and I ask you to come and transform my life. Use me for your glory. Make my life purposeful. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, hit us up over here at the bottom on WhatsApp. Hit us up. Tell us uh, where you're from and, and, and let us walk this journey together with you. Um, for everyone else who's watching, God bless you and uh, see you again next week.